everyone, I am back on the Box Officers podcast and I am here with my guest this episode, Kennedy. Hi guys, I'm so excited to be here this week. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thanks. We're so happy that you're excited. We love that for us. I know you're like, oh my gosh, an episode on a Friday? Why? I thought it would be fun to review a movie for Friday the 13th and I was thinking, what classic should I pick? And then it dawned on me, obviously I should do Friday the 13th. So we're going to be reviewing Friday the 13th. The 1980 version. Yes, 1980. As you guys know, watching a bad movie is like witnessing a serious crime by Have No Fear. The box offices are here. Each episode, me and a guest will be going over a film. We're going to review it and then rate it according to the severity of punishment. Films can be convicted of either a felony, a misdemeanor, an infraction, or on the rare occasion found innocent. So this week we're going to be reviewing Friday the 13th. So if you have not seen it yet, pause this, go watch it so you don't hear any spoilers even though it's been like four decades. Anyways, let's get into the episode. Friday the 13th, the 1980s version, it starts with like a brief prologue and it's set in the summer of 1958. And there are two camp counselors, they're messing around, they're at Camp Crystal Lake. And the thing is, there's a boy. So his mom like works for the Christie's there over the camp and she has to bring him to work with her because she doesn't have anyone else to watch him. And so while the camp counselor should be doing the camp counseling, this boy is getting bullied and he basically drowns in the lake. And that is like our prologue. And they end up being murdered by like someone that we don't know, someone we can't see. Um, but that's like the beginning of the story. Fast forward to present day. Um, it is now Friday the 13th. And there's a young woman and she enters a diner. She's asking for directions to Camp Crystal Lake. And the people are like, what? Why are you going there? So they warn her. They're like, that place is like haunted, is doomed. You do not want to be there. Bad things happen. But she's like, whatever. So they drop her off there. And he tells her the story of like the boy that drowned in the lake in 1957. And he lets her out the car and she walks on and eventually she gets picked up by another driver. And you think, oh, cute, hitchhiking. But no, eventually she hops out the vehicle because he's like acting weird. And then she runs into the woods and they follow her and slit her throat. That scene was so, or I should say the makeup was so sorry for me. Oh, like, like they, they special her throat? Yes. I understand that was the 1980s and they didn't have, you know, the same movie magic or, you know, I guess, involvements in makeup. But they could have done something better. Like, 
I I try to give grace in the sense that I'm like, okay, it was the 80s, but the 80s was not like centuries ago. Like, I feel like it could have been done better. And I, yeah. in general, I feel that way more than once while watching this movie, but I agree. And I can respect like a classic slasher vibe where they're like, ah, you know, the classic scream and it's just like the classic teen in peril and they're running and then like the way that they kill people in those you know it's just like to me there's some long pauses in there like you go up to kill somebody right you just go bow 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 but in these you the you see like the hand go boom and then you see the person go ah and then they like collapse or something like there's hesitations i don't know if it's stylistic here or if it's I, I mean, I'm going to give it to them that it was on purpose, but I just thought here, for some reason, it bothers me. I've seen, like, a lot of classic horror movies, and this one is, like, lowest ranking for me. And that is one of the factors. And I don't know why, because they all have that, like, element, but this one just didn't do it right. Uh, I will say, I did like how they had us, like, looking through his eyes. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so it's unique in that this is one of the only ones where we barely see the murderer for, like, majority of the film. I would have liked to see him more, but I did like how they had us from his point of view. Yeah, I just think it's one of those things where it's not... I That might be the only thing that I'm like, okay, I guess they did a good job. And I'm, like, trying to throw the little bone here. I'm really trying. So anyways... We're at the camp, and now we have, like, a bunch of the other counselors that are there, and they're trying to refurbish the cabins and facilities with the new, like, owner. So, you know how I said we have the Christies? Well, now we have their son, so we have Steve Christie. And then there's, like, a few, like, strange things happening, like a prank where one of them is, like, pretending to drown, and then there's, like, the police show up, and... It's just like a bunch of weird stuff. There's a large snake in a cabin and they have to kill it with like a machete. And there's just like a bunch of weird stuff. Ralph shows up and he's like, this place is haunted. You guys are doomed again. And it's just like really weird. And so there's like a storm coming in and Steve is like, I'm going to leave to go get supplies. Well, the killer is still, you know, around. And so they begin to like isolate and murder each one of the counselors first we have like ned who is one of the counselors and he sees the killer going into a cabin like a dummy he's gonna follow him nick follows the person into the cabin silly nick and then we you know we still have um marcy and jack and they're like oh let's go mess around in the cabin and so they get in like one of the bunks what they do not know is that Ned's body is actually in the bunk above them. And also what they do not know is that the killer is underneath the bed. So we know how that ends. Um, he like pierces through Jack's throat and then Marcy comes out and she's like, oh, is he playing around? No, nobody's joking. And he like puts an axe through her face. So we're like pretty much through like half of the murders at this point. The thing I don't like 
and I don't know, I feel like people aren't going to like my opinions on this one, but I don't like how it was so repetitive. Obviously, it's a slasher, so the goal is to, you know, somebody's scared, someone dies, someone's scared, someone dies. But this movie, I mean, it was just like, I I wasn't really getting plot at all. It was like, hey, you're going to watch 90 minutes of people being stabbed with various objects. And it was just too, I don't know, straightforward, if that makes sense. Duh. <laughs> That's the point. No, I know. That's why I said I didn't want to say it. But, like, I feel like there are scary movies that still have, like, a story with them. Obviously, this one has a classic story. Like, I'm not dissing Jason, per se, as, like, um, like a folklore. But I'm just saying this particular film was not giving plot. The most we got was that, like, you know, intro scene where we find out like oh there's a boy that drowned in a lake like that's the most storyline we got the whole middle of the film is just the same thing happening over and over again and was it even scary like is it not scary because nowadays I feel like there are so many scary movies and you have so many crazy effects and there's so much I don't know we've just come so far that like yeah we can make things look scarier but I'm going to go out on a whim and say, were people really scared when this came out in the 80s? I don't think they were that scared. I mean, they probably weren't. Like, it feels like a parody film. That's what I was trying to say. That's exactly what I was trying to say. But also, a lot of that is because of the, like, cinematography. To us, because we've seen, you know, recent movies and, like, you know, all these movies with these cool elements. Facts. Um, I really liked the cinematography, though. I would say that might be the only thing I liked about the movie because, again, yes, it was giving parody in a way, but it's also not because, like, it is kind of like the one of the OGs, you know what I mean? So it's just, like, the blueprint, and I can respect that, and I feel like the cinematography, especially at the end, like, I'm getting ahead of myself, but... Uh, with Alice at the end and you have like the lake and the the pretty music and it's just like oh like I feel like there's some good shots in there even when she's fighting you know the killer I'm like wow those are some like interesting shots like something will happen and we'll be looking at the screen and the main character or whoever's on screen will go off screen but we're still looking at that room and I'm like it almost made me feel like uneasy because I said why are we not changing like quality perspective yeah. yeah so i kind of like i dig it anyways um we still have some people left alive so we have bill we have alice we have brenda and they're gonna play like strip monopoly in alice's cabin well it's kind of scary because scary to who but scary to brenda because they hear like a help me and a child's like voice outside or whatever well long story short um, Bill and Alice go, like, investigating or whatever, and they see, like, this bloody axe and all this, like, weird stuff. Well, obviously, they're, like, gonna go call the police, right? And they're gonna go look for help. But their cars aren't starting, and the phones aren't working. And I'm like, uh, this is the point when y'all realize something was wrong? Anyways, so Steve, remember, he said he's gonna go get supplies. Well, he's like, okay, like, I'm gonna go back. 
but he has like some issue with his car and so he gets a ride from like a police officer but then the police officer gets a call about something else and he's like oh it's fine i'm just gonna walk the rest of the way steve he walks the camp obviously he dies like going into the camp no shocker there we we knew that was gonna happen so anyways we still have bill and brenda and he's like oh the power's out i'm gonna go check the generator whatever he goes around the camp and he sees brenda's body like pinned to the door or the wall but then bill doesn't come back <laughs> and at this point alice is by herself and she's like oh that's a little odd like i'm gonna go look for them and that's when she finds that Bill is dead. And then at a certain point, Brenda's body is like hurled through the window. I thought that was odd, but <laughs> okay. And then um, she's like freaking out, right? So she's like boarding up the house. She's um, trying to set up like defense for herself. And then she sees like lights outside. She goes outside thinking that it's Steve because she does not know that Steve has been dead for some time now. She goes outside, she runs outside, and a person gets out the Jeep, and she's like, who are you? And she's like, I'm Miss Voorhees. I used to work for the Christie's. And she's like, oh, like, don't go outside. People are dead. And Miss Voorhees like, I'm not scared. Let's go look. Obviously, that was a bad idea. So Miss Voorhees goes inside, and after a while, she's like, you know there was a boy that was murdered here, right? Like, he drowned, and the counselors weren't paying attention, and it's just so crazy. And she starts bugging out, bro, like, going crazy. And Alice is like, that's a bit odd. And it was at that point that we learn Miss Voorhees is the killer. Surprise! How is Miss Voorhees able to take everyone out? That's not, that's, okay, I didn't want to say that. Because, you know, who knows the limitations of that woman's body? Like, you know, she's not that old. But that being okay, said, but at least the the thief, that's what he could have took her. He should have, and it's embarrassing that he did it. And it, and I'm like, is she super stealthy? So she has the element of surprise. Gotta be, gotta be. Like Steve could have taken. I said these and are the other men too. I was gonna say these are young, strong men and women, and I'm like, I guess that it doesn't add up to me, especially whenever her and Alice start fighting. I'm like, I think Alice like hit her or something, or like pushed yeah. her, and she like fell out on the ground. It was like not moving for a second. I'm like, is this like when possums play dead? I don't know. It was just, I said, either you're like... Or maybe she's, like, grief-stricken. What do you mean? I don't know. Well, yeah, but, like, like, like that's why she's Maybe she's grief-stricken, and so that, like, translates to some strength or something, and, like, anger. So it, like, fuels her. Like, yeah. her grief is, like, powering her up. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, but then why is she so weak at times? Because Alice is not, like big and bad or anything like she's a little girl and you know she's just ah, and Mrs. Voorhees is out like on the floor now granted she always gets back up but I just thought the like if she's older that should have you know 
broke a hip or something on his turf yeah. for a minute for sure or two a few i it would have been enough for me so alice thinks that she hit mrs Voorhees hard enough to like i actually thought for a second that she was dead now i thought that's kind of a lame way to end the movie you get hit in the head with a pan and you die like after all you've been through but you know alice also thinks that she might be dead at least unconscious so she runs out to the lake I'm not sure what the thought process was there, but she does. And, you know, she's like chilling. And of course, Miss Voorhees comes out and starts fighting and she's there to tussle. And that was kind of like, this whole like back and forth was really drawn out. If you think about it, that was like a 20 minute Alice versus Mrs. Voorhees segment that we got there. And, um, I'm not necessarily complaining. I will say I found that to be the most interesting part of the movie. Like, I don't know what that says about the rest of the movie. Anyways, so now we have um, Alice and Mrs. Voorhees tussling, you know, rolling around in the dirt, in the mud. And it's kind of, you know, she's on top. No, she's on top. No, she's on top. And eventually, Alice decapitates her which i was like dang like i didn't know she had it like that that's kind of like a large jump from being a girl that's like scared in a cabinet like somebody help me steve is that you coffee coffee to decapitation not even just stabbing her she didn't you know slice her leg she said no you're gonna have no head um anyways so Alice actually is like, okay, well, now that this lady's dead, I'm going to get in a canoe in the dark and just get on the lake and sail. And you know what really upset me? I was like, why didn't she get one of the, is it called an oar to row herself? She just got in the canoe. It has her hand and she's like, oh, oh. And I'm like, <laughs> you stupid girl. She should have <laughs> she, she finished you off because why did you not grab one? Uh, a, a paddle. Anyways, I guess she survived for a reason. I can't say that she didn't deserve to live. That's not my play. But I'm just saying, everybody else, you know, probably would have grabbed the paddle. So, she gets in the boat, and she actually falls asleep. And, I mean, that's understandable, because it's obviously, like, an exhausting battle that she just went through. And the police actually show up. Where did the police come from? I thought the phones didn't work. Who called the police? They were probably returning from earlier. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair yeah. enough. Okay, I'm gonna I'm let that one slide. So the police call out to her, and she's like, she sits up, and like I said, I thought the cinematography on this part was really cool, and then, out of nowhere, now this did get me, I guess that was supposed to be Jason that came out of the water and, like, wrapped his... <laughs> you know, put her in a headlock and then dragged her back under. Yeah. And I was like, Ooh, that was a bit of a, like, where that could reach. From? Yeah. I said, now where he been out the whole time? I mean, we know there's more to the series, so obviously he's been somewhere. But at this point, we don't know all that. And so she, like, wakes up. Like, the next scene is her in the hospital. And they're like, there was no boy, you know? And she's like, well, that just means he's still out there. And thus, we have the beginning of a franchise. So, overall, 
Yes, I like this movie for the fact that it is a classic horror movie, but how much do I like it? Um, okay, what are my options? You could do a felony, a misdemeanor, an infraction, or innocent. Hmm. I think I'm gonna give it an infraction. Well, okay, for one, <laughs> to me, it came off across very low budget at some times. It is low budget, like, in general, that is correct. The budget was <laughs> for example when Annie you know um had her throat slit by Miss Voorhees I don't know that just like stayed with me the whole movie and like just by how cheap it looked like I don't know it looked very much you know like <laughs> Six Flags Halloween makeup <laughs> No offense, Six Flags. Send us free tickets, but like, I get what you um, mean. Yeah. It's giving, like, we could have done it. Yeah. No offense. Um, and although it was in the 1980s, they could have done better. 100%. Like, I know there were some good makeup artists or, I guess, effects artists around who could have done something better. Okay, so that was one of my, the, my main dislikes. I feel for the time that the film was good and i can see why it's a classic i can't see why it's a classic but i know that it is like one. that because that was the like staging of horror films at the time I and mean, that's how they were produced slashers were a big deal but i just feel like there were a lot of slashers and this was not a good one like it just wasn't a good one i don't think i look i hate to down speak down on a classic but i don't think the acting was good i don't think the script was good and after consideration i can see what you mean about all the killings being in the middle i don't think he should have dragged it out to where it's you know some almost two-hour movie but you know he could have done like maybe a, a killing <laughs> that's kind of weird uh but yeah you know someone gets murdered and then they maybe group together and then they slowly start peeling off you know instead of just having you know you do the short prologue and then the whole middle of the movie <laughs> is like you know these the are the characters and anyone that comes on the screen will die like that's how it felt no literally like, he just let them all get terrorized at once. And it was just so quick. I said, dang, there's no story here. It's just like, okay, they're dead. Now we're going to show you how we killed the next character. And I'm just like, dang, no dialogue. Like, that's meaningful. Yeah. It's just like, kids making out, murder. Kids playing strip monopoly, murder. Or like, even someone making it to the end, like, and getting killed off right before... The one-on-one. Um, even that would have been good. I mean, technically, well, I guess not really, because they died, and then she found them dead, and that's how it started. I mean, I don't know. I'm not so mad about there being no survivors. I just didn't like the way that they did it. And Alice is enough. I wasn't surprised that they had a lone survivor. I feel like that is on brand. But yeah, me personally, I'm going to get it. A misdemeanor. I was going to give it a felony. They have my respect 
And so I, I gave them a lighter sentencing out of the fact that it is kind of iconic and legendary and timeless and a classic. I don't know how it achieved such status, but it is here and so I will respect it. I also really like the cinematography at times, not throughout the whole film, but there were times where I was like, you know what, it's not even the cinematography. I don't think I like the directing, but um, yeah, the cinematography was good. And how so? Well, the directing? Yeah, because um, I just feel like those murders weren't giving enough for me. Like for a slasher, I'm not saying it needs to be super like gruesome. Like it doesn't need to give saw per se, but I just think that it was giving like, ah, like I could have been cast in the film. And I don't know if that's the actor's fault or the director's fault, but somebody on set went in and they said, go girl, give us nothing. And that's how I feel. And I feel like the cinematography was set up nice, but you know how I mentioned like some of those really awkward long pauses between like the person seeing the killer and then the killer stabbing them and then them being stabbed and then them falling on the floor. Uh I didn't like the timing of that at times. I understand that it could have been on purpose, but there were times where it was done well. There were times where it was not done well. And I feel I think like that was definitely on purpose. Well, yeah, but like then do it better. You know what I mean? I know people aren't gonna want to hear that, and I don't care if you don't like it. But I just I feel like I have seen other slashers where, and even if they're from the '80s, they still have like somewhat better timing. And I feel like either that's something that should have been fixed in post, or the director could have given different directions I don't know but I do think that that is not a common opinion I think that I that's a personal dislike so I will admit that that's a me problem I'm the problem and I also really like the fact that well I don't think I like much no kidding I really don't know I mean honestly I think the only reason it didn't get a felony is it's so high status and even then like I don't think anyone ever says this is a good movie. Like, I was reading um, other, like, reviews and critics, you know, summaries online, and nobody said it was good. Yeah, I don't think anyone just sat there and was like, oh, give them an Oscar for a reason. So if we only like a movie because of its cultural significance, is it a good movie or is it just a part of our history? You know, and I don't think this is a good movie. I just think it's culturally relevant and we keep bringing it up. And also Friday the 13th is a smart name for a movie. By naming it that, you kind of guarantee that at least once a year on Friday the 13th, people will mention it forever. There's always going to be a Friday the 13th, sometimes multiple times a year. And I mean, they kind of ate that one little thing, but... That's it. And that's how I feel. Sorry. Sorry to that man. Sorry to Jason and the Voorhees family. But it's giving misdemeanor. And yeah, I'm a hater. I get what you're saying. It wasn't great. But it's definitely the ominous feeling that it creates around Friday 13th. To me, like, it's more... I would not put it on on TV. (laughs) She said, I would not watch. (laughs) Like, yeah, no... 
I would not like be like, okay, I'm in bed. Let me watch a movie and put on Friday the 13th. We, no, but I would use it as like background noise. That's a crazy thing to say. That's a crazy thing to say. I would never want someone to say that about my movie. Oh. You think that's a compliment? I mean, I'm watching it so he getting paid. Barely. But, <laughs> okay, so who cares now? I, I, I think he cares. So, out of curiosity, when it comes to, like, our classic, like, you know, we have Jason, we have Freddie, we have, who do we have? Michael Myers. We have, you know, those classic, you know, serial killer, slasher, scary guys, horror movie. Do you think Jason should be top three? Like... Do you think he is better than the others? Whether we're talking about the movie or just the villain himself? Uh, no. Yeah, I would put him as low as I can. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy that, like, he's he keeps coming back because you're like, where is he coming from? Like, how is he still with us? But other than that, like, he's just not even an intimidating, like, force to me. And, and, you know, in general, like, technically, this movie wasn't, it's about him, but it's not even about him. Miss Voorhees was the one killing people. Um, but you yeah. know how sometimes I watch a movie, like, last episode, um, we reviewed Saw. And I was like, dang, wouldn't it be kind of cool to do, like, a Saw, like, marathon or just, like, a run-through? Or, like, um, Nightmare on Elm Street, like, that's a cool one to do. Halloween, I love Michael Myers down. And I would just never sit here and be like, let's do a Friday the 13th, like, special on this podcast. And I feel like that's really saying something. It's been a while. But also, he isn't as, like, I guess, exciting as a... That's their fault. ...antagonist. That's their fault. Like, you know, Freddy he on a whole other level, like, getting into people's dreams, like... Yeah. No. But, like, I feel like... Um, Jason, he just doesn't have that, you know, extra element yeah. to him. But I can't even use that as a defense for this movie because he was barely in the movie. So I'm like, so why the movie sucked in? <laughs> and I guess that's where we're left. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've had a movie kind of like break this badly. But, I mean, we had to do this movie because of Friday the 13th. So I hope you guys really enjoyed this bonus episode. It was fun to talk about, even though the movie was not necessarily fun to watch. Hopefully we get something better next time. And join us next time as I read an episode on the Halloween hit Coraline. I don't think we'll be reviewing Coraline. But yes, we will. We may review Coraline. I'll tune in next week. All right. <laughs>